country and just the least a bit curious what's inside this bag of popcorn, Chris. <laughs> just stick your hand down in there. Welcome to the Pop hey. Charles Cinecast, hey. presented by the Prince Charles Cinema. This is your host, Jonathan Foster. Oh my God, and guess who's back? It is the host with the most, Caroline. Hi. You're back, Caroline. I'm back. I did not get fired, as the rumor said you, I did. You no. didn't run away for, for the whole week? Uh, no, no. Afraid to face your destiny? That yeah. waits before you as hosting this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have read all your hate emails. Oh, I have. Yeah, I, you guys need you to cut it there. out. I see, like, all those emails, those unnecessary. Actually, we got zero emails. Come on, send us some emails. <laughs> no, I thought I sent one. Please. <laughs> Did you not get it? You sent one? My email, yeah. Who'd you send it to? Oh, send it to you, but must have not. Uh, I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> the only one. <laughs> the only one. Um, Did you actually? No, no, you okay. didn't. You liar. The truth is coming out now. Well, you heard this other voice here. Introduce yourself, young man. Hello. <laughs> this is Ed Banyan. <laughs> Ed's back again. I'm not used to introducing yeah, myself. That's sorry, strange. I usually have to introduce you. I've been yeah. relaxed in my hosting duties. You know, no, I, I haven't been here for a while myself. I, yeah. I did get fired, so yeah. You got fired? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sad times. <laughs> Just guessed, no one got fired. Guest fired. Um, how you been lately? Ed? I'm all right. I'm all right. Just watching a lot of films as per usual. Sick. Sort of averaging about a film a day now. So. Nice, nice, I nice. I think tomorrow I've got That's three. three so. Are you going to do one of those sort of like social media, like, hey, I've, I've uh, watched this film and I'm going to well, tell you about it sort no, of thing every because day? That's the thing. Caroline keeps telling me to get Letterboxd. Yeah. I mean, I do have it, but I can't really be bothered because I feel like I've already seen so many. Mm-hmm. Now, if I go on and start reviewing current films, it's just going to look like I only watch those films. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. want, I don't want that. Should I get a letterbox account? Yes. But they, we'd have to go through like <laughs> thousands to like give reviews on the films we've already seen and yeah. then until we're up to date. And I just can't really be bothered. Well, you know, just take it, take it uh, maybe a film at a time. Like when you're watching the film, even if you've seen it before, just watch it with new eyes and then just review it then. And just wait until then. Mm. There's so many people in Letterboxd, so I feel like, you know, it's almost like Twitter. You're just screaming into a void before too long. It's just another thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great. I love Letterboxd. Yeah. I was I was genuinely questioning if I should get one. I was uh, thinking about that this year. I was like, oh, should I get a Letterboxd? Mm. I'm trying to make it an effort to watch more. It does seem but, like a good app. Yeah. I mean, I haven't got anything against it more than just, yeah. The idea of having to go through and select a star rating for every film I've ever seen. <laughs> Which I'm not a huge fan of at the moment yeah. anyway. Because, you know. But you don't have to give it stars. You just leave a review. Yeah. But then that's even don't, don't more even, effort. All right. Type don't get, don't get <laughs> a, a letterbox account. You don't have to. Well. Do it if you want. If you don't want to, don't do it. Yeah, I guess. No, you want to you because know? we're telling you not to. You're forcing me. So. No, I'm not forcing anyone. Uh, no one only you john <laughs> okay i'll get one yes i'll get one and i'll, great. I'll watch the trashiest films and review them for all you guys out there yes. no if you th- if you guys genuinely think i was gonna ask this on twitter anyway no one gives a shit but um if you think i should get a letterbox if you'd like to hear more than you know my fair share of what i say on here about the films i watch I'm not going to do big reviews. Fuck that. I ain't yeah, just small ones. I'll do small ones. Yeah. Two sentence reviews. 
it two, was two word good. Reviews. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> it suck. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get Sacred. hundreds of emails now. Yeah. So let me know, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Ed, how's how's things going with your filmmaking? Have you done anything lately? Um, I've actually been doing a lot of acting. A lot of acting because oh. I want to get in to the industry, but I've been trying to work out the best way. Mm-hmm. And acting that like you know extra work, but then a bit more like supporting artist stuff. Oh yeah, you did say something about yeah. you were doing some extra work the other day. It's just a nice way to be on set. You mm-hmm. don't have to lug equipment around. Yeah, you get to be on camera. You know, you get directed so yeah. it's a pretty good experience i was what's on the books for an extras uh organization mm-hmm. and uh i uh said i couldn't do something once and they got mad at me oh, right. and never bothered to message me about anything else yeah. but it's okay I it's don't a care. strange one though because like i uh i signed up to it and got this dead body role in in dracula that was just mm-hmm. out and yeah, I was there with people who've been doing it for 10 years and never had any like close up or anything. And I was yeah. immediately first thing straight into that. And now I've just done another thing. And I, I don't really understand how it was just quite lucky. Yeah, I don't know how they that. choose things. But I mean, I was always getting some really weird things that I kind of was just like, I don't really want to go for this. That's anyway. the thing. When you, when you get the email through, it's like you've got to check. Is it inside all day? Yeah. Is it? Is it a modern or period? Because these things, it's like, am I going to be in an old costume all day? Am I going to be outside? Yeah. You want to make sure it's, is it close? You know what I mean? <laughs> and if it ticks all of those boxes, yeah. which some of them do, then it's perfect. But yeah, that's where you can, you can see me. Episode two, Dracula, three minutes in. Dead right body. There. Dead yeah. body. Yeah. Blood sucked out and everything. With a character name. I love the fact that they gave it a character name. Oh man, you're actually like, good at it. It's but it's like, there's no need for that. <laughs> but it's just I'm like there. And then like this yeah. this title comes up. <laughs> we get it. You're a corpse. <laughs> it's like, it's like, but it's just a little extra. Yeah. Okay. Well, so IMDB, great. here we come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should probably start one of those. It's probably more important than a letterbox. Yeah, there you go. See, that's how you're going to get your, get your jobs. Yeah. Showing this week from Friday, the 21st of February. We got a lot of good stuff coming on. Um, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, and First Love, and Emily all stick around for another week. And bait. Um, and bait. Yeah, and bait. Yeah, I wrote that down and I somehow deleted it. But yeah, bait's around as well. So yeah, it's a lot of good stuff on Emily. We talked about that last week. So if you want to hear a goofy, goofy episode with me and Phil joking about Emily and Uncut Jim's way too much, then listen to last week's episode. This is how I went. But yeah, any picks from you, Caroline, this week? You got your little notebook out? Um, I do have quite a lot. Uh, we got cats. We got cats. We got yep. the first Whoa. cat sing along. I can't wait. Yeah. Which unfortunately is sold out. It is sold but out. we do have two more screenings uh, on the 21st of March or 4th of April. Yeah. So, I mean, I, know, I mean, I might come to one yeah, of them yeah, because I, I actually do want to yeah. see yeah. it. Uh, then we have Princess Mononoke on Saturday. It's yeah, dubbed. Dubbed version, yeah. Uh, we got Arrival also on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Saturday is a crazy day. It's such a good day. There's In the Heat of the Night as well. With Nail and I. Yeah. Oh. And, it, yeah. and yeah. also, I, w- I wanted to point out, this is one of my big picks of the week, is uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about Tammy and the T-Rex. Mm. Right. So our good pure vares of Bad Cinema, the Good Bad Movie Club. 
basically our little bad movie strand is uh, making a comeback this year. And um, yeah, so we got Battle Beyond the Stars, which is insane looking, uh, produced by Roger Corman. It's directed by Jimmy T. Murakami, who uh, he's like an animator, a director. He's worked on a lot of like those Raymond Briggs things like uh, The Snowman. snowman. Yeah, and uh, When the Wind (laughs) Blows. And he worked on the animated anthology film Heavy Metal. Um, It stars Richard Thomas, who's from The Waltons, (laughs) Uh, Robert Vaughn, George Pippard, and John Saxon. And it's meant to be like a magnificent seven in space. But like Corman was like trying to cash in on that whole like space opera, Star Wars stuff. So it comes off as this really big, poor knockoff version of uh, Star Wars. Wow. But it's got a score by James Horner. And that was like his second film he ever did. And it also features special effects by James Cameron. Uh, And because he was a bit of a Corman boy. And then he made Piranha Piranhas 2 or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. We talked about that in our Terminator episodes that we did. Um, so if you want to go back and learn a little bit more about James Cameron's weird history and B movies, you could go back and listen to that. But it's also where James Cameron met Bill Paxton, right? Because Bill Paxton was an on-set carpenter for the film, like a bit like Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. It's a crazy film. I mean, maybe Um, that's what I should do rather than be an extra on-set carpenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, where they come in handy, man. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, Battle Beyond the Stars. I would definitely check that out if you've got yourself free on Saturday night. Yeah, well, I might Mm -hmm. come for In the Heat of the Night. Yeah, Mr. Sidney Poitier. Mm Hmm. Any others? For you, Caroline? Yes, a big one. Uh, on Sunday, we're showing Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, that just got added to the program. Subtitled, yeah. yes. Ghost in the Shell. I love that film. Yeah. It's so good. It's so sick and it yep. looks incredible. And the score, ah, so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anime, it's an anime heavy day, though, on Sunday as well. Because not mm. only do we have Ghost in the Shell, we also show Cowboy Bebop, which is amazing. Yes. I want to um, see that. That's on so 35. Bad. I believe it's the English dub. I think because the last time we showed we showed it, it was the English dub. Um, that one's a funny one because I know a lot of people are very subs versus dubs when it yeah. comes to anime, but Cowboy Bebop is one of those few that actually has a really, really sick dub. Um, similar to Akira, like, uh, I know we always show it, like, subbed here, but mm-hmm. to be honest, really, really, really good uh, dub particularly like that I used to see in America all the time that Pioneer did back in the day. Uh, we also have Penguin Highway that day, which is a new new anime. Uh, it looks really sweet. Um, and the uh, author is here, the guy who wrote the actual story. I can't remember his name right now. Sorry. But um, he's going to be here for a Q&A nice. as well. Um, and there's, is there another film on that day? Killing of a Chinese Boogie? Yeah, yeah. John, right. Yeah. Yep. So crazy, is that crazy anime? day. No, no. <laughs> no, that's John Cassavetes. Right. Uh, Maybe there is the an anime book, version yeah. of it. It might be. I love John Cassavetes. I haven't actually seen any films he's directed, but yeah, as he's an actor, an awesome he's actor. Great. Yeah, I mean Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, amazing. Rosemary's he's so like Baby. charming. Yeah, we still have a bit of a season going on right now with some of his films. So I think like still coming up is like Gloria and stuff. So yeah, there's still a few. Any others, Caroline, for you? Um, yeah, on Tuesday we got two films from last year. Yeah, um, yep. coming back on a big screen <laughs> uh, so honey boy at 6 30 yep. and the farewell at 8 45 yep i've Both still great. not still not got a chance to see the farewell no, so i'm hoping neither. to see it like it's i try to catch it um when we showed it in our week-long run i was trying to catch it on the last day that we had it 
because that was like mm-hmm. a Thursday. It's my day off. And I was like, oh, I'm going to come in. And the trains were all delayed. And by the time I got in, I missed like 20 minutes in the film. And I was like, yeah, I'm not yeah. going in for that. But yeah. I did manage to catch Honey Boy. And mm-hmm. that was amazing. So, yeah. yeah, I would recommend both of those for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, And on Wednesday. Wednesday. We is have a- another double bill. Yes, yeah, make your own double bill. Walking Phoenix extravaganza. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, you were never really here, uh, which is Lynn Ramsey's pretty brutal film yeah. with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Pretty Incredible. amazing. And actually, you brought this up in our Joker episode, Caroline, because just the um, the stark contrast of Joaquin Phoenix and you were never really here, yeah. and then from him when he's in the next film, which is Joker on seventy millimeter, um, that's coming back as well. So if you want to see in epic uh, body transformation and yeah actually those films are quite similar yeah out of all of his films yeah. i'd say they're they they're the most similar makes like, sense to have those on the same day yeah. um and also to make it better you were never really here is only one pound for members oh really yeah so ah. that's our pound member film this week so uh Even better. uh yeah you can save a lot of money you can come see both of those films for pretty cheap. I mean, that is such a good deal. Yeah, I was doing it last. We, what we what we were showing last night for a pound. Uh, was it Blue Valentine? Yeah, yeah. And I was just signing so many people up for membership. Yeah, yeah. It's a good day to get membership. Mm. Um, you might as well. Yeah, you may as well. Yeah, so many people just do it. It's great. Yeah, because you're gonna like pay a pound extra, basically, yeah. or whatever, to see a really awesome film. You know. Um, yeah. No one can argue with that unless they're like a tourist and they're there for that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just exactly. can't. Yeah. Um, Thursdays is pretty cool as well because we got Stanley Kubrick's The Killing on and That's then Jacques Rivette's, uh Celine and Julie Go bo- Boating on 35mm. Both of those films are on 35 so yeah, it's good stuff. And also just shout out on Monday, Celluloid Sorceress uh, is back with Bird on a Wire, um, which is a Mel Gibson and Goldie Hawn sort of classic <laughs> And also uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire screening and a preview screening. So we won't get it on release, but we are getting it before it technically comes out here in the UK. So nice. you should come check it out if you can. I do want to see that. Did that get nominated? Um, no, actually. Well, like in, I think some of the smaller award shows, um, I'm not even sure it got nominated for Best Foreign Film right. in the Oscars. It got nominated, I think, in the Golden Globes, okay. I believe. But yeah, it, it's a bit of a shame. Yeah, we had Parasite, Corpus Christi, Honeyland, Les Miserables, yeah. and uh, Pain and Glory. Not right. even The Farewell. Yeah, not even The Farewell. Yeah, Farewell got kind of screwed over at the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I is think... that a foreign film or is it technically an American film? Well, in, that's the thing, yeah. Chinese it's language. kind of technically an f- American film, isn't it? Right, well, there we go. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's half and half, I would say. But anyway, should have been nominated. Caroline, what was that other big film that's coming up this week that uh, we're happy to talk about, which is the subject of this episode? It is Bong Joon-ho's Snowpiercer. Yeah. The circular railway that extends for 438,000 kilometers and completes one circle every year. Passengers! belong to the front. You belong to the tail. 
Take your place. Curtis, is it time? Now isn't the time. But when is the time? Soon. Are you Nam Goodman Sue? Security specialist? We control the engine, we control the world. This time we take the engine. Then what? We kill him. In a future where a failed global warming experiment kills off most life on the planet. A class system evolves aboard the Snowpiercer, a train that travels around the globe via a perpetual motion engine. Does that sound cool? Yes. (laughs) One of the coolest films. (laughs) Yeah, so it's shown for the very first time on our screens. Wow. And uh, probably for the very first time on kind of almost any screen in the UK. I mean, there's doing it over at the BFI, I think, a little bit, but we'll get into a little bit of the history of that mm-hmm. in a second. Yeah. Do you guys know anything about that? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we Do? were talking yeah. about it last night. All right, cool. Well, for the listeners, we'll keep that a bit secret until we get to it. But until then, we'll just say that it's the 2013 sci-fi action film directed by the Academy Award winner. Our boy Bong Joon-ho. Man of the Hour. Man of the Hour, who did Parasite, won won all them awards for Parasite. He's also directed Memories of Murder, The Host, and Mother. Which I saw last night here, and it was great. Could have easily just been called Memories of a Murder, though, because the main plot is someone trying to remember a specific (laughs) murder. I was like, is this a great film? Memories of Murder Part 2. It was really great. And actually, there were loads of similarities with Parasite in mother mm-hmm. and i won't say any spoilers but like a rock used as a weapon yeah and the idea of photoshop oh yeah but also it's funny because that's like 2009 yeah 2009 so the photoshop is like still high tech mm-hmm. but it's completely different to the photoshop in parasite yeah, yeah. 11 years later yeah so it's, it's funny see okay i'm pretty new to the bomb i'm 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 joining the bong wagon. That's what I'm going to call it. Isn't it I jumped the, on the bong isn't wagon. It, isn't it like bong hive? Yeah. Isn't that what everyone's calling I'm not it? quite in the hive yet because I right. got to see all the films. I've jumped on the bong wagon yeah. because of the Oscars and stuff. Uh, no, it's just a lot of these films I have wanted to see over the years and I just haven't had a chance. We've shown them here like, you know, Memories of Murder and yeah. The Host and stuff and Mother recently and, uh, you know, and I thought Parasite looked amazing and I hadn't seen anything really. I just hadn't had the chance. Um, but I did see Parasite the other day. And the exact same day I watched Snowpiercer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you guys both seen Parasite? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, uh, I think I've seen just as you, Parasite and Snowpiercer. They're mm-hmm. the only ones I've seen. Yeah. 
Um, but I'm hoping to make that up soon. Oh yeah, me we too. are showing memories of murder here a couple more times. Um, so I'm come watch that. that. Yeah, and uh, Paul lent me shout out Paul. He lent me a copy of the host and mother. So I'm gonna be all caught up soon. Have you not seen the host? Um, no, I oh, still haven't seen the host either. Yeah. Monster so movie, good. fun. I want to see yeah. it, yeah. But that, that's the thing. It is a monster movie, but all of Bong's films are about class yeah. and wealth inequality. And just because it's a monster movie, it's actually just about how in a disaster, more mm-hmm. people are more affected. Yeah. And that's what it's really about with a monster running around yeah. killing people. It's so great. It's similar to Oksha as well. It's another that's film the, yeah, about like... That. Yeah, and that one's on Netflix. Um, is there like wealth inequality in that? Thing? Yeah, and also envir- environmental issues okay. and stuff, which is another thing that pops into his films a lot as yeah. well as environmental issues. I mean, even Parasite, like small about a small well, amount with this flooding and stuff. Well, and the, the difference in their yeah. houses. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all about and that. And that's the class sort of thing that comes into play as well. That's so, what the yeah. climax is at the end when he when he's, not to give any spoilers, but when he smells the guy and yeah, coils, yeah. that's what the whole thing hinges on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then obviously Snowpiercer is the most overt, like, you know, class system on a train. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons I love the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool to see. Um, I, it was kind of a, it was funny watching it because uh, not to throw my wife under the train, <laughs> but she wasn't enjoying it that much, which was kind of funny. Um, but I want to see it again uh, because... I, I and I'll, tr- I'll probably try to catch it sometime this week again, um, maybe on the new screen here. Yeah. Because um, yeah, we were testing the DCPs the other day, and they looked really cool on the screen. So, so if anything, come check it out on our new screen downstairs. Uh, it's the first English language film for Bong Joon Ho. Um, now he's only got about two, I guess, because Ultra is pretty English filled. But um, I think eighty percent of the film wasn't in English language. But it's funny though. Have you seen this thing going around where this thing's like a, it's like a tweet or something, and it says, "This reporter has, you know, I can't believe this reporter asked Bong Joon Ho why he made Parasite in Korea." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw but that. like that. Yeah, that looks bad. Yeah. But then if you actually watch the interview, it says uh, she's asking uh, Bong, "Why did you make this film in Korean when your last two films have been in English language?" Yeah, which is a much more that's that's normal a, question yeah. to ask. But the they fact like that you to cut it off, and it's like. I can't believe they asked this Korean director yeah. why his film's in Korean. It's like, well, it's a bit more to it than that. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's weird. But they, you know, the internet likes to yeah. cut things around. You know, yeah, it's a bit yeah. of that Michael Moore sort of it's vibe dangerous. to it, you know, just like cut cut a story up a little bit just mm. to make it sound a little bit just better for you. Clicks, just get those clickbaits. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Snowpiercer is based on the post apocalyptic French graphic novel called Le Transpersonnage. <laughs> Oui. It's tough to do that. Um, sorry, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't read French that good. Uh, mm. Written by Jacques Loeb and illustrated by Jean-Marc Rochette. And also, did you know that all those illustrations in the film were from the same guy who illustrated it? Oh. So there's the character in the film, the painter who does all those drawings. Yeah, that's from the same guy who illustrated the graphic novel. That's nice. Uh, Bong Joon Ho discovered it back in late 2004 when he was in pre-production of The Host. And he was fascinated fascinated with the idea of people struggling on a train for survival. Um, and then he ended up showing the series to his good pal, Chen Wu Park, mm-hmm. who we are doing a lot of films of coming up soon. So check nice. PrinceCharlesCinema.com. Just type in Chen Wu Park. You'll find it. Anyway, um, yeah, so he showed it to him. And Chen Wu Park actually got together with some other people. And they helped produce the film. So he's one of the producers. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't know that. 
That's great. So this cast, though, that cast, my God. It's so good. So it's we got such a good cast. Captain America, Chris Evans, Song Kang Ho, who is our boy from Parasite. He's in, is he in The Host as yeah, well? Yeah, he's, he's in. Yeah, he is. And he's in uh, Memories of Murder. It's funny because that guy, he looks a bit like Bong Joon-ho as well. Mm-hmm. And I always yeah. get the feeling when I watch the films and he's in it, that he is he is playing the Bong Joon-ho character. Yeah. He's a bit, he's always a bit um, of a slacker. Yeah. Which I kind of get the impression with Bong Joon-ho, even though it was his films are meticulous. Yeah. I, I, there's something about his look where I also get that impression as well. Yeah. I get, I, I, maybe it's just sort of like he's his, uh, his muse. Yeah. You know, like the directors get like a, yeah. a guy that they just like, mm, that's yeah. my guy. And I'm just going to put him all his film. Is in he in films. Memories of a Murder then? Yeah, I think oh, so. Okay. Yeah. He's wait. one of the detectives. He wasn't in Mother. Yeah, he saying. wasn't in that. Um, but the main actress in Mother was amazing. I'm not too sure he was in Oak either, but you know, he's in most of his other films. Uh, we also have Tilda Swinton. Yeah. <laughs> who is, with, like, with a Yorkshire say, accent. Yeah, with an amazing Yorkshire accent. I wouldn't say totally unrecognizable, but she's she is sort of totally unrecognizable yeah. in the film. She she's just, amazing in the film. I think probably my favorite part of the film. And she's so funny. Like, yeah. you know, she's higher ranked than they all are. Like, they come down mm-hmm. and the way they're dressed and everything and the whole... I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a bit where she literally... There's like a shooting going on and she takes a gun and she's just like <laughs> firing it or something and they, someone goes for her and like tried to stop her and she's like it wasn't me it mm. wasn't me like yeah. it was literally you you literally had a gun you just yeah. shooting good chance she seemed like she was having a lot of fun yeah. yeah we'll get to that in a second I do have a little bit about Tilda Swinton and her decisions in this film uh, also in the film we got Billy Elliot yeah. Jamie Bell sorry I, I shouldn't stick that Billy Elliot on him. He's <laughs> he's done a lot of stuff. Uh, Jumper, he was in Jumper, right? Yeah, that was a pretty fun. He's a, he he often plays this kind of role. Yeah, he, it's a bit like his role in uh, King Kong. Yeah, you know I mean? just yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. small guy, friend of the, of the main character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we also have Octavia Spencer, yeah. Go Sung, who is in the host as well, mm-hmm. and then we have John Hurt, legendary John Hurt, uh, R.I.P. And he's yeah. so cool in it. Like, yeah. isn't he missing like three limbs? Three limbs, yeah. <laughs> he's just walking around. Gilliam. It's great. And then Ed Harris. Oh, yeah. He plays Wilfred. Yeah, so Bong Jun Ho, he wanted to underline the pressing danger of global warming and stuff um, by setting that CW7 off in 2014. So, like we were saying earlier, he's very much about the environment in this film as much as it is about class and stuff, mm. uh, trying to make that global warming sort of statement and stuff so it has a lot to say when it comes to the environment in 2014 even and it's still a thing that hasn't been solved so let's go guys let's uh fix this global warming issue yeah <laughs> we, we could say roland emmerich was was all about it yeah. back in 2004 true, Day after true. Tomorrow. come on guys yeah they're never gonna fix and back then we were like this is ridiculous yeah. and i was like oh <laughs> yeah i think we could just do a podcast of uh, all the global warming like issues being popped out into into the atmosphere and stuff mm. and oh, um, yeah. them just sticking around like a wet fart because no one actually wants to do anything about them. I love that of Roland Emmerich <laughs> who's been trashed his whole career is like in the future revered <laughs> as yeah. the first person to yeah. just sort of you know, let the wider world more than know. just disaster movies. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't about the acting guys. It was about the message. 
<laughs> and for that uh, podcast episode, we'll have uh, Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Us. Yeah. It's pipe dreams right there. <laughs> but she's going to have to row here. So. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> she's welcome to. That's fine. I don't have any ill will against her. If anyone else does, I'm sorry. You know, it's cool. That, I mean, she does need to go back to school. It's not her job. And she says that plenty of times. But, you know, it's sort this shit out, she's man. She's doing way more than you are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Bong wanted to film. He wanted to find a film studio that he could fit 75 to 100 meter long space, like, you know, basically fit this train in with like mm. four carriages connected together. They filmed this in, in the Czech Republic, which is uh, why it's also considered technically uh, not only a South Korean film, but also a Czech film right. because they had a producer that was latched on from the Czech Republic. Um, but it turns out they ended up, I think this set was just gigantic, apparently that they filmed this on. Um, Ed Harris apparently just made a comment that it was just like one of the most insane and stunning things he had seen when he walked on the set because it was just like, you know, just hundreds of meters long, like just gigantic. <laughs> I mean, that's just got to be so much fun. Yeah. Just turning up and having a massive playground yeah. that you can go and act in. I mean, that yeah. does, it is the dream of a career. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like when you're a kid and you're just on a, a new gigantic yeah. playground set for the yeah. first time. You just go out and there's just all these tunnels. And but imagine if you were a kid and it was like, oh, it's none of it's there. You don't have to imagine it. That's <laughs> yeah. what like a green screen CGI set would be like. Yeah. It's going, turning up and it's all there. For yeah, you. yeah. You it's play crazy, around with crazy set. Yeah. It doesn't even happen that much anymore. Well, if we want to get back to the actors a little bit, uh, Chris Evans, he personally contacted Bong Joon-ho for the audition after hearing about the casting news. Uh, Bong Joon-ho apparently had some reservations, though, about casting him because of his muscular physique. Mm. Um, he felt that as, like, as a resident of this poverty-stricken tell section of the train, he should have been not as fit as he was. So they had to use a lot of costumes and careful camera angles to keep, Although, keep he, him from showing off. If he wasn't that well-built, he probably wouldn't have made it that far <laughs> up the train. Like, there's a lot of fight <laughs> scenes in this. Yeah, true. He does well in, so... <laughs> Uh, Jamie Bell's character, he was named after Egger, right? Uh, mm, his name is Egger, yeah, and apparently, yeah, it was a nod to Egger, right? Oh, right? Yeah, because no him way. and Bong Joon-ho are friends. I saw his Instagram so, yeah. post after he won Best Picture, yeah. saying that when he went to Seoul, Bong took him round to mm -hmm. all the bars and stuff. Yeah, they were pals, yeah, so it was Ed a nod to him. Edgar Wright is just best friends with all the big directors, yeah, yeah. Tarantino mm -hmm. and all that. Well, if you make a good film, oh. you get into the crowd, don't you? I know, I know. So Jamie Bell hated the protein blocks that they were given to eat. Oh, you remember those protein yeah. blocks? Bong Joon-ho explained that the protein block was made of combining seedweed, tangle, which is another sort of weird thing that sort of looks like seaweed, sugar, and gelatin. Uh, but apparently Tilda Swinton loved it. Right. <laughs> Even though her character didn't ever yeah. have to eat it. Yeah, and she didn't Ironic. have to endure it all the time. Yeah. She only had to eat it that one time. But I will say that um, you got one right snack here. Snack time. Snack time. It's snack time. It's snack time. Oh. And I don't have one of those protein blocks, Ooh. but I do have some protein bars. Wow. <laughs> All right. What? Thank you. And um. I, I'm going to assume they're going to be way better. It just says 
Yes. Yes. It doesn't say it's made out of bugs. Uh, so yes. All right. So let's talk about that real quick while we're opening this up. Yeah. Love the Sound. rustling on the mic. These look way better than their protein oh, yeah, bars. Yeah. No seaweed <laughs> in these ones. I was afraid you were going to take out seaweed. <laughs> salt. Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. Tempting dark chocolate sea salt and almond nut bar. Uh, this is great. It's a wrap. <laughs> What's your um, out of five? Mm. Your letterbox review. I really like them. I'll probably um, but I won't go too crazy. Um, maybe like four out of five. Four out of five. Mm-hmm. All right, it's not bad. I'll give it a, I'll give it a three out of five. But because it's um, carefully wrapped in paper, it is. And they're thinking did, about the environment. Exactly. I did notice the wrapping. Wow. Yeah. This is the world we live in. Yeah. You yeah. you write things based on. It's um, we're talking about environmentally friendly. That, film the world's here, changing. That's <laughs> what we've got to do now. Going back um, to Chris Evans, just quickly. Yeah. Are we allowed to talk about what happens at the end? Is or is that bad for the spoilers? All right. So I'll put this out here now. If you don't want us to spoil too much, just stop this episode. Go watch Snowpiercer at the Prince Charles Cinema this week from Friday. The whole week is showing daily. Sometimes it's on a couple times a day. If you don't want it to be spoiled, stop it, go watch it, and then come back and listen to this. But yeah, we will say a couple little things. Cause, That's fair. Yeah, I wanted to bring up the whole thing because you said something about the protein bars being made of bugs and all that sort of right. stuff. And Chris Evans' face, and he looked like he was about to puke. Yeah. And I was just like, at the end of the film, when it got to that bit where you're about to bring up, I think right. well, I was yeah. gonna be like, "Come on, that's a what bit rich." What do you think it was made? <laughs> that's of? a bit rich, Chris yeah. Evans, well, Mr. Uh, Curtis. You've he's he's a, he's a, a baby. He's a baby eater. He's I a mean, cannibal. But that monologue we were talking about earlier is mm. so good. And then babies babies taste best. Oh, what a great <laughs> phrase! I think we should put that yeah. on the reader graph and yeah, start he, making T-shirts with "babies taste best." On. What do you like? What do you say? He's ashamed that he knows that babies taste best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, that's what he hates about himself is that he knows what people taste like, yeah. and he knows that babies taste best. <laughs> but like, well, so well written for a start. But also, I it you in this film you love his character mm -hmm. the whole way. And it gets to that reveal that he's not only a cannibal, but he he has eaten babies. Yeah, and you still like him. Like you, you still, you still understand. You still, mm -hmm. you still get it. You still want him to, to sort of win. But I do resent the fact that he turned his nose up at the protein block. Yeah, when you've been that's eating worse than eating a baby. Flesh. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, Curtis. Talking about Tilda Swinton's character of Mason. Bong Joon-ho first wrote the character for John C. Riley, apparently, like with him in mind, which would have been insane. Wait, which character? Uh, Mason, the Tilda Swinton's character. Oh, right. Yeah. Apparently, John C. Riley was in mind at first, um, but then he adapted it for Tilda Swinton when he met Tilda Swinton at, um, I think they met Cannes or whatever, and Tilda Swinton does a similar thing that actually Chris Evans does, where after a certain like number of films kind of get burnt out wants to take a break maybe sort of considers retirement and then find something that makes him go oh shit i really because apparently chris evans did the same thing he wanted to go into directing a little bit but mm -hmm. then he was just like he saw this and was like oh i want to do snowpiercer yeah 
So apparently Tilda Swinton was doing the same thing where she was like, oh, well, I kind of want to take a break. And then uh, she met Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho got to talking about this Snowpiercer idea. And they were like, this could be really fun. I want to just have fun. And you could tell she was having a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, apparently there was a few lines that were left in the script that sort of like referred to Mason in the masculine form. I did notice this when I was watching it because one character did call her sir at one point and I was confused by that. And I was just like, is this just weird? Because I know Ugja had a lot of weird translation, like lost in translation issues where certain things weren't really coming across accurately because of just, yeah, weird mistranslations. But yeah, I think it was intentionally left in, which is really weird. Well, Mason is is a guy's name as well. Yeah, true. Um, but although that could have been a uh, surname, but. speaking, yeah, it could be. But speaking of translations, that that uh, South Korean girl in it is sort of like the translator of oh, yeah, the, go on, of the guy, go. which is funny because obviously one of the biggest you know things at the moment is Bong Joon Ho's translator, who's been doing all yeah. the awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's great. And I, every time he's win, <laughs> I'm like, yes, we get to uh, hear this translator again, who yeah. apparently is is does want to be a filmmaker herself. Yeah, yeah, I saw and that. Yeah, is writing a film about a press junket about an award circuit. Ah, uh, amazing! It's quite funny. Nice. So all the best to her. Yeah. Um, Tilda Swinton spent a lot of time in makeup each day. I think about two hours a day. Uh, those glasses that she was wearing, uh, that she was wearing in the film, were originally hers as well. Yeah. So all that sort of the appearance and the cold demeanor and the deadpan delivery at times are all meant to be sort of a weird nod to Margaret Thatcher as well. Oh, that makes Ooh. sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, the whole plot as well yeah. refers to that. Yeah, yeah. The way she's talking to, Definitely to the people, like minors. And stuff, yeah. yeah. I haven't thought about that before, but that's mm. great. But it's really funny that she has a Yorkshire accent. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny like, because, because obviously, I mean, they do say Bong Joon-ho does speak English. It's mm. just, he hasn't been doing it in speeches because he wants the translator to yeah. get across the nuance. Yeah. But he must actually understand it quite well. Yeah, I mean, make, he never to make these films. They in never the have language, to, but then also um, to, to understand those, like you know, a lot of Americans might not even realize what a Yorkshire accent is. Yeah, to, but yeah. then you know, he understands it enough to put it in that. Mm. I think also, uh, you know, you could see when he's on those press junkets and stuff when they're asking him questions. He never has a translator mm. to translate the questions. He definitely understands what they're saying. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. It's just that, like, he'll always reply i guess in reality just because he probably wants to give the most accurate answer possible yeah Mm. did you guys know that tilda swinton also played another character apart from mason in the film no all right so you know the the bit where they're getting through the train and they get to that sort of dance party sort of section of the train where everyone's Mm -hmm. on drugs and drinking and and the polls which is pretty rich because it's all the rich people up in the front who are just as fucked up yeah. <laughs> on drugs as the oh, people yeah. in the back of the train that they're making fun of all the time, uh, which is totally like a good view of classism. Um, but yeah, there was a woman who tries to snatch the wine bottle away from Yona um, mm. when she, when they're trying to like collect all the coronal lumps or whatever. So that's Tilda Swinton apparently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, I remember at Glastonbury once we mm-hmm. were... It was like five AM and we were dancing in the in the sort of club not club but the dance area. Yeah. Block nine. And everyone's like mud muddy and just off their face. And I just saw this 
huge sort of security guard walked through and yeah. f- following behind him is Tilda Swinton in all white, no mud on her at all. Looks <laughs> great. And we were just like, well, oh, she is like, Gabriel. Yeah. So. Just like turned and, and watched her walk through this huge party. Yeah. It was amazing. That sounded just like when I saw her in London like oh, really? last summer or something like that. Julia oh. and I were walking down the street and just like on, I don't know, near uh, Holborn or something and just see this woman in all white, basically, <laughs> like sort of a trench coat and her hair just yeah, flat yeah. back perfectly. And I was just like, that's, that's Tilda Swinton, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like we were both like, yeah, well, she's shorter than I thought she'd be. Yeah. Okay. Um, You notice she's in Uncut Gems as well. Yeah, Uncut Gems had a couple of voices as well. Um, What's her face from uh, Russian Doll is in it as well. Oh, yeah. I just love when a a film like Uncut Gems, which is so New York, Mm -hmm. and then you hear the English accent. I just love it. It's like when a film cuts to London, you're like, yay. (laughs) But there's also that, um, the the, uh, auction guy. Mm -hmm. He's so posh. Yeah. Now it's with you, sir. And yeah, you, it's always the the auctioneers yeah. in American films or something. You know, they're always going to be British, that or the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> the villain. Um, John Hurt's character Gilliam. So he, apparently, he was named after Terry Gilliam. Bong Joon Ho was a big fan of his. Nice. Although I hate this because I love Terry Gilliam's work, but he's starting to show a bit of a a weird side to him of an old man who's not really understanding the way the world's turning. Yeah, it doesn't seem as comfortable with it. So let's hope that doesn't continue to come out. <laughs> it would just it would just yeah. happen to everyone. Yeah, and there will be no one left. Yes. Um, Song King Ho and Go Asung. Um, they also play father and daughter in Bong Joon Ho's monster movie, The Host. They don't really touch on this in the film, but it's implied that there's more to the whole Revolt of the Seven story that. Uh, that uh, Sung Kang Ko's character talked about. So there's that character that he mentions uh, uh, that was the leader of that revolt. And mm-hmm. then she was like this Inuit, Inuit woman. That he, That's the way they translated it in the subtitles anyway. That um, they've hinted that that female leader was his wife, apparently. Like, But they didn't really cover it in the film as well as Yona's mother. So there's a little bit more to that story, apparently, anyway. so, But also with uh, Yona, you know how there's a whole weird sort of thing where you're really unsure of what's going on with her. Is, like, is she, because like, even Chris Evans asked, like, does she have some sort of like powers to kind of know what's behind yeah. the doors? She always kind of knows what's yeah. about to happen. But the filmmakers have said that it, because she's a train baby and she's been born on this train and stuff, they've all sort of evolved with this sort of animalistic uh, hearing and they can just hear really, really well. That makes sense. Because yeah. he asked if she's clairvoyant, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is, clairvoyant. I was trying to think of the word oh, they used, but that's yeah. That's so good. And she's like, don't open it. And yeah. Slowly the doors. Oh, yeah, and the people standing on the other side are so creepy mm-hmm. with those masks and only the mouth. You can only see the mouth. Yeah. Oh. Well, we can get to the fish scene now if you want. Um, oh, yeah. What a fish. scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Just get like. Because they all dip their blood yeah. in, the, in, in it. So apparently Bong Joon-ho was inspired by the Godfather mm. with the whole horse head thing, yeah. I think. And I think it was just this sort of intimidation thing that he wanted to get across. It's this primitive sort of battle with these guys. It's definitely the creepiest scene in the film. 
took me by surprise. I wasn't really expecting it. I was like, oh God, like, cause when those doors open and it's just the way it's shot and it's really slow-mo and then like, you just see those guys there and then they're like just slicing the fish open with all the blood all over it. But um, So apparently Harvey Weinstein cut that out of the, of his his version, the yeah. Weinstein Company's version of the film was like, no, we don't need this build up to the fight. Mm-hmm. And thank God that they managed to get it back. Yeah. Yeah. There's 101 sections, uh, sorry, 1,001 sections on the train and 26 sections appear during the course of the film. I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how to even like go into that because it's just like, Jesus Christ, this train is massive, obviously, mm-hmm. and you just see them kind of cutting through bits of it. But like, my God, apparently the Bong Joon-ho had a whole like zoo section he wanted to have in the film you know they have the whole like aquarium thing mm-hmm. you see all the fish and stuff but i mean it was supposed to be just crazier things like that going on um uh, the budget just didn't really allow him to to go into the whole zoo thing and also he was a bit worried that it was going to come off a bit like noah's ark in the fight scene that when he calls for the fire and mm-hmm. the guy runs through and three of them is the kid and he takes it to the guy with one yeah. arm and then to the next guy I mean, they surely don't go all the way from the back. Because, yeah, that's but it does thing. look a like, bit like that. It looks and then like he only they goes do, through yeah. three carriages or yeah. something. So it is hard to glean how yeah. long it is. But so, what, a thousand and one carriages? Apparently. Or, yeah, I don't know about carriages, but like maybe just different sections of, mm. of a carriage. Like there maybe certain carriages had different sections to them. I don't really know. But I mean, because it doesn't look like a thousand and one carriages, no. like even when the train's going by. I mean, that's insane. But apparently, it's just a lot of different things to the train that they had uh, planned and I am thought interested about. how many people what is the population on the train mm. I, I want to yeah. know that yeah there's a lot of unanswered questions about it the train like itself thousands? and how how they decided how the people got on and yeah. and all that sort of stuff and well, I mean I understand how say, the class section they say it, someone it. was trying to fix climate change and yeah. that actually brought about a new ice age and yeah. whilst that was happening the guy built the train yeah and, I guess, and he sort of predicted quote then unquote, how, predicted it was going to happen yeah, that's the thing. How then? How would everyone get onto the train, and then you form the class divide again? Yeah, because surely those people wouldn't be allowed on the train in the first place. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Did it then all happen once they're on a ground level? Once they're on the train? I don't know. Yeah, the whole thing's a bit weird. I don't know, um, but I think there's a lot to that story, and I guess that's the reason why people are really, you know, people really latched on to the yeah. whole idea of Snowpiercer after it came out, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then it's going to get adapted into a, a TV series that's coming out later this As year. As is Parasite. Yeah. With Tilda Swinton. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So it's, um, yeah, it's a lot to the stories, I guess. Uh, but I just love his direction. His style is so great. And mm. I was seeing it in Mother last night. This is something about it. Yeah. But then I was thinking about that scene in Parasite, the Ram Don scene. Yeah. Made that look like the tastiest meal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, cutting yeah, up yeah. The, the steak and yeah, and the noodles. Oh, yeah. After we watched it, Julia and I were both kind of like, "Oh, it's rammed on." Yeah, good. <laughs> I need to make some. <laughs> All right. So, on the 9th of November of 2012, Weinstein Company acquired the distribution rights to Snowpiercer from CJ Entertainment, based on the script and then just some of the completed footage. With the plan for a wide release in North America as well as throughout the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa. But this is where we're getting to a little bit what you touched on. So Harvey Weinstein was adamant about cutting 
like 25 minutes of the film from Bong's cut. He wanted more Chris Evans. He wanted the opening and closing. He wanted opening and closing monologues to be added to yeah. the film. I think they tried it with particularly the end of the film and it just didn't work. So Bong Joon-ho was just like, nope. There's already a lot of Chris Evans. Yeah, there's a lot of Chris Evans. It's but I think he just, just wanted him. more. <laughs> yeah. And more. you're talking about the fish scene. So he hated the fish scene. Harvey Weinstein completely hated the fish scene. Um, he was just like, what's this with the fish? I don't get it. I just want more action. That like, Because there's that really crazy, almost patriot-like battle that takes place. Yeah. You know, it reminds me a lot of the patriot when he's just got the hatchets and yeah. just like slow-mo, just hacking up people. So you got that crazy scene. So Bong Joon-ho was only able to keep it because he basically said to Harvey Weinstein that it was an homage to his father who was a fisherman. And Harvey Weinstein, (laughs) this is funny. This is really funny here. uh, Prided himself on being a family man, apparently. Fuck off. But whatever. Uh, (laughs) Harvey, piece of shit Weinstein. And um, Bong Joon-ho has since said that uh, it was a fucking lie. My father was not a fisherman. (laughs) (laughs) He's been telling the story of stuff, how he duped him wow. like in junkets and stuff like recently oh, with the whole great. Parasite release. And I guess now that Harvey Weinstein's like sort of yeah. been taken down. Because, I mean, after the film, I think Bong Joon-ho was like, even after the whole thing, he was saying that a lot of the stuff with Harvey Weinstein was blown out of proportion a little bit. People were saying that like they got into physical fights and stuff. And he was like, no, that didn't happen, you know. And he even said that he would have worked with him again, like uh, if because he really liked, you know, all the stuff with Tarantino and stuff. Mm. He admired like, you know, the fact that he got all those films made and stuff for these young directors. And he was like, yeah, of course, I'd work with him again. But mind you, this was 2014 that he said this. And this is like before all this shit came out. I highly doubt. I mean, don't get me wrong. Harvey Weinstein has done so much for the film industry and like Mm -hmm. British films as well, like, you know, buying them. But he is a deplorable human being. Yeah. and deserves yeah we to never i mean just the amount he's done for cinema he's probably just squashed for so much of cinema exactly as well. and he's, so he's a bit like the, he's a bit like the mafia There's, yeah. yeah for every film he's taken on there must be 10 more that he's squished and yeah destroyed killed and all right so this is a little bit more that he did so after some cut down versions tested poorly these are versions that weinstein wanted to push through uh, they tested really poorly and Bong Joon-ho was pretty happy because they were so bad that like Weinstein was like, all right, fine, you can have your, your cut. And Bong Joon-ho has just always said since that he was so happy that he got basically that's the director's cut. Every film that he's done has been like, that's his cut. Mm-hmm. And uh, he found it really weird that like Weinstein would do this. But at the same time, he understood that he he's really good friends with uh, Chan Wook Park and said that like, like he's... It, you know, experienced a lot of the same stuff, particularly with like Stoker. Mm. They were trying to cut down his film a lot. So it's not just the Weinsteins, other studios. It happens all the time. And, and you hear, we talked about it plenty of times. Like, I mean, just think about like uh, fucking Blade Runner, all those cuts yeah. and stuff. So it happens all the time. But uh, after like Bong Joon-ho was allowed to keep his cut, for some reason, Weinstein decided to take it off of the Weinstein Company or TWC and move it to Radius TWC, which is sort of the lower subsidiary. And uh, that's what saw it a very, very small release. And it only got a larger release in the US because of all the critical praise that it got. I think when it popped out of the gate, it was like 95% on mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes. 
And I think at that point they were just like, okay, well, we'll give it a bigger release in the US, but it still never got the release in the UK. Uh, like not even for home viewing, which is crazy. Until 2018, the, the, yeah. the British act is in it as well. Yeah, it's it's insane. John Hurt, Jamie Bell, completely Tilda Swinton, squashed like, it. Those are three classic, and yeah. in each generation, yeah, they're like three of the most famous actors. Yeah, so British people would would love that. Yeah, it's really nuts. Yeah, and so after Harvey Weinstein went down, the Weinstein company had to fold, and this is how a company like CJ Entertainment were able to get their property back, hence how Snowpiercer was finally released in the UK. But the film still ended up making $86.7 million at the box office on a $40 million budget. And like I said, it inspired this new TV series uh, with David Diggs, who is in um, Blindspotting. Like he wrote that as well. He wrote mm. and produced it. So he's the main star. And then Jennifer Connelly is going to be in it as well. Yeah. I mean, it won't be as good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think we need to wrap up here. I think you guys need to start, right? So yeah, anyway, uh, I say come see this film. It's very, very fun. It's really good. Really cool film. It's really good. Yeah. So it uh, starts from Friday for the whole entire week. Also, just remember Memories of Murder still showing. And like I said earlier, if you get into this whole... South Korean sort of film love. Come see some Chanwick Park films. He's he's got some films screening all the way through uh, the summer. I think into the summer, maybe or early late spring or whatever. But yeah. Anyway, let you guys get to work. Um, you can right. Find us at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at podcast at princecharlescinema dot com and uh, find me at Tall for All T A L the number four A L O on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Where can they find you guys, Caroline? Um. Instagram still still yeah. not sorted out my Twitter but um Possum lady. Instagram yeah Instagram is Caroline H Flesk so oh, cool yep and Ed. Instagram Manion ninety five YouTube Manic episodes yeah check out Ed's uh, short film that he's got on there yeah there's two now you got another one yeah on there. yeah Sick. yeah what's what's that one that one it's just a little art house kind of short silent film but uh, okay yeah. Cool. Very student. Last one was called Call Out, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a more normal film. This yeah. is like just a bit of fun. Yeah. It is like three minutes long, but there's cool. more coming. Well, we'll post that out as well. Yeah. And if you like what you hear each and every week from the Pod Charles Cinecast, head over to patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. For as little as $5 a month, you can help keep us alive. And as a thanks to you, we're going to give you a monthly bonus episode. Already up on Patreon, we've got an Uncut Gems episode with myself and Ariane. And a little later this week, we promise to have another little bonus episode drop. Also, over on Patreon, you're going to get first access to the Pod Charlie's episode that's coming up. And you even get to vote on the awards. So expect those nominees to come your way very soon as well. And also, we have a lot of other special little things that we're hoping to get in there. Maybe some watch-alongs, all sorts of little fun things each and every month. So keep an eye out head over to patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Sorry for the sort of abrupt ending, but you guys no got to get to work. So Yeah, we do. Anyong. Anyong. Yes, Anyong. <laughs> <laughs> Come see Snowpiercer. Do it. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.